Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. This is JT and the Don podcast. I am Donato Bucci, the Don. We have a special edition of JT and the Don, um, but unfortunately a sad one. Uh, we will discuss the tragic death uh, and the legacy uh, left by Kobe Bean Bryant. So let me welcome in everyone's favorite, Jimmy Thompson. JT, uh, I normally ask you how you're doing, um, how you feeling, but I know uh, you are sad um, and a little down uh, today for obvious reasons. Uh, how how did you end up finding out about the uh, tragic news of, of Kobe? Uh, well, to start things off first, yeah, um, I feel like I've been down ever since yesterday. And um, Kobe is, if it weren't for D-Wade being a member of the Miami Heat, uh, Kobe Bryant would for sure be my favorite basketball player of all time. So, um and, you know, obviously I've met people within the Lakers before in my life. So, like, this one kind of, like, really, really, really hurt when I heard it yesterday. So, um, how I found out about it was uh, actually just, just getting ready to do sports stuff for the day. And um, I put my phone down for, like, five minutes. And then I came back and my phone had blown up. This was, like, like early, early, early in the afternoon. And um, I just looked at the first text message I got. It was from... Um, uh our our guy mike mikey mike and he was like hey uh kobe died and i was like what i was like no you're i was like stop joking like this is not funny and he literally called me and said hey like no this is what happened like his plane went his helicopter went down like this is for real this is what they're saying they're not confirming it yet so i immediately ran to um the television turned it on tried to find like any news outlet that was uh that was maybe have something on and I finally went to Fox and I saw that that was what they were reporting so like from there like I guess like news spread and then everybody started texting and calling and so like it, it, it just happened so fast and it was just you know such a shock you know like he we we're just talking about him on Saturday night LeBron just passed him for third all time on the NBA scoring list so like to have that happen the immediate next day was just like it's still a shock to me. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt the same, like shocked, but almost didn't feel real when, you know, whether you saw it on the bottom line of like ESPN scrolling across or like, you know, if you found out through social media, almost like, all right, this is a joke, like obviously not true. So, yeah, it's really just um, unbelievable, like unbelievable. Um, you know, so we wanted to do this show to talk about some of our favorite moments of his because um, we're huge basketball fans and we got to see him from the start of his career and then for 20 from high years school, yeah. because like with guys like Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, we saw a lot of their stuff, but we didn't get to see them from beginning, from, from beginning. beginning, right to the, to their retirement. Um, he's probably one of the first superstars that we got to see from beginning um, to end in terms of uh, basketball. So he was a five-time NBA champion, which probably, I would guess, maybe meant the most to him. 11-time um, All-NBA first-team selection, 18-time All-Star, 
which that just sounds incredible saying, four-time All-Star Game MVP, and then the 2008 MVP of the league, and then a two-time two finals MVP. So, JT, how like what are just some of the highlights you remember of him and like what stood out when you would watch him play? Man, that do we ha- we don't even have enough time to go through all his highlights, but yeah, he had so many. Dude was unreal. Um the one that the one that stands out to me the most was when um I believe it was in 2004 he dunked on Dwight Howard. Like <laughs> that still to this day is one of my favorite dunks of all time. It was it's not. It wasn't up there with the Vince Carter one in the in the playoff in the Olympics, but like Dwight Howard when Dwight Howard was like Defensive Player of the Year, like nobody was going to dunk on Dwight Howard. Like he well, was that like, was, that huh? was like a welcome to the NBA yeah. one because yeah. Dwight was still young in '04, yeah. but he was still like he was still like the real Dwight Howard, and like Kobe just baptized him. So like that's one of my favorite highlights. Um, and then he had another dunk. I don't know who it was on, but I think they were playing the Nuggets. And like the Nuggets had scored, and then I think Robert Ory like threw like a like a full court pass, and Kobe caught it and did like this like reverse like backwards dunk on somebody. I was like that was crazy. Um, and then of course you know everybody remembers uh, his games where he put up these crazy amount of uh, points, uh, the eighty one point game against the Raptors in two thousand six. Like that game to me was crazy. Like he had what like twenty eight. If it was like twenty for forty six, uh, had like twenty seven in the third, and like I think twenty eight in the fourth, and then I just remember that game because, like, it was like he was unreal, and then like the coach, like the coaches for the Raptors were like, you know, you think if somebody scoring that many points, they like send double teams and triple teams at him, and they just like left Jalen Rose on the island to get roasted the entire game, <laughs> like that was that was crazy, and then um, I don't I don't I haven't heard about it recently, but I remember at the time, um. I forgot who asked him, but, like, during that game, I think it was, like, somewhere in the third quarter, they took, like, a timeout, and the coach asked Kobe, he was like, yo, are you okay? He was like, yeah, let's go. And, like, he just, like, turned it up, like, third and fourth quarter. And then, of course, like, he dropped the 62 and three quarters against the Mavs, which I think is more impressive than the the 81-point game because he did the 62 points in three quarters. And at the point, like, he had more points than the whole Mavs team combined, like, at that point in the game. So, like, that's that's the thing you only see, like, on video games. Like, that was crazy. And, um, of course, his final game where he put up, like, what, like 60 points. So, like, as far as highlights goes, like, you can name a million of them. But, like, those are the ones that really stand out in my mind. Yeah, those are all good ones. I, I have some different ones. Um, two of them are from All-Star Weekend. His first one ever – uh, his rookie year in 1997. So I was a freshman in high school. So that's why I remember it. Couldn't wait to see it because he was a rookie. Um, I don't even think he played in the All Star game, but he was in the slam dunk contest in Cleveland, and he was the winner. So and the legend just started to begin from there. And then the other All Star game I remember 2002 back in basically you could say his hometown of Philly like people were like oh man he's gonna get booed because it's him against AI who was obviously a 76er it's him against MJ the East so the Philly people are gonna back the East and not Kobe so what does he do plays 30 minutes scores 31 points wins the MVP in his his hometown and that's just like awesome just just thinking of those two all-star weekends the way he took over 
And then we were talking about this off the air. Another one which at the time really annoyed me was the alley-oop um, that he did to Shaq in the fourth quarter of That's game such an iconic moment. Like that yeah. moment is so iconic that you almost forget it's Kobe because of like how Shaq reacted Sha- after yeah. he did it. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's because of Kobe that that whole thing and, went down. And because Shaq scored too on the play, it was a Shaq dunk. Um, and at the time when he first lets go of the pass, you're like, oh, this shot is way off. That was horrible. Typical young Kobe throwing it up. And then you just see Shaq come and dunk it home, and you're like, ah, oh, man. Because that was the backbreaker. That was the nail in the coffin. Yeah, that did it. Because they were down like 13 or something, 15 maybe, going into that fourth quarter of game seven at home against the Blazers, and that just sealed the deal. And then my two other ones, <laughs> this one not on the good side, but I'll tell you why it's one of my the highlights that I think of was game five of the 97 Western Conference semifinals against the Jazz. Again, he's a rookie. And he threw up two or three air balls at the end of the game. I mean, the game was pretty much over. The series was pretty much over. But he took a lot of heat for that. That, oh, he's a choker and this and that. And it's like, what I remember, though, is that I think he kept that in his mind his whole career. And it fueled him. And that is what made him great is just his confidence. So, like, he could you know, be called everything in the book about how he, you know, was a ball hog and this and this and that. His rookie year, it was his rookie year. Like, we expected him to be MJ off the bat. Like, you know, the dude is going to have growing pains the way MJ did. And it just didn't matter. Like, he got better and better and he used that. And that was his whole MO, his whole career was I'm I'm getting up every day working harder than everyone else. And then the last thing was I remember him winning the two championships without Shaq, beating my Magic the one yeah, year, that was, which I, f- I feel like that's what really took him to the next level as far yeah. as like the legends respecting him. Like you broke yeah. up you broke up with Shaq and you just took it to another level and got it done on your own. Yep, and then winning against the Celtics in seven games. And I I think you're totally right. I think when he won those without Shaq. I think even he felt then complete with his career in terms of championships. Um, I don't think he was trying to catch the MJ6 championships. I think once he got those two on his own, he's like, hey. This is, you know, this is, I did my thing. Like my, exa- legacy, my legacy, I'm happy with it. Exactly. And I'm a Laker for life, and that was important to him. And, you, um, and you, hold on. I want to go back to something you said about, sure. you know, like him taking heat as a rookie for throwing up those shots. Like when you look back at Kobe's career, like you forget, like the dude wasn't a top pick. Like he was what, like pick like 13 or 14. Yeah. By the Hornets. Yeah. Yeah, Like, so it wasn't like we expected him to come into the league and just like be the next Jordan. Like he worked himself up and just like dominated his way to where he ended up. So yeah. Good point. Like like, in retrospect, I, I, I feel like, I just don't understand. Maybe they saw that he was going to be great at the moment, but I don't understand like why there was so much hate on a guy who was like the 13th overall pick at the time. Like out of high school, like, he's a literal child. Yeah, and he was his first couple years, if you remember, he didn't play 35 like uh-huh. 40 minutes. Not a even long, close. Yeah, he was a long way from the point where he was averaging like 35 a game for right. the season. Right. So yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it was because he forced his way out of Charlotte by demanding a trade and maybe because he came straight out of high school and people were like, you're not good enough. So maybe there that's why there was that hate early on. Um, JT, what was 
whether it was one of the highlights you mentioned earlier, but what is your favorite moment or moments of of Kobe? So I had two, but I guess I'm going to slide this first one down from the highlights since you didn't talk about it. I'm shocked because you're a Magic fan. How did you not bring up the Matt Barnes no flinch moment? Like I feel like that is Kobe. <laughs> like that's that's the Kobe that's the Kobe moment right there. Is like because it was it was against my Magic. I already put one in highlight against my Magic. Like, Come on, like Matt Barnes is like the like the NBA like top five tough guys of all time, and he's just trying to do his best to scare Kobe, and Kobe's just like, nah, whatever. You're trapped. You're sorry anyway. Like whatever. Like why am I gonna be scared of you? So um, I'll put that in there between like moments and highlights. But the two moments that uh, stood out to me, um, one, I'm, I don't know if a lot of people know about this, but um, I heard about this before, and then, like, yesterday I saw it again, and it kind of jogged my memory. And it was um, when he scored, I think, it, I don't know if it's still a record, but when he put up 61 in Madison Square Garden against the Knicks in 2009, he went after the game and took the, like, the official scorecard, took it home, autographed it, and mailed it to Spike Lee and wrote him like a PS letter, and he said um, something like, uh, "Spike, this shit was your fault." And like to you, like that's like quintessential Kobe. Like he respects you, but he's like trying to like eliminate you at the same time. Like even if yeah. you're a, even if you're a fan, and like I feel like that's why people, and I think that's why Jordan himself like even said like he's like my little brother. Like that's something that Michael Jordan would do. Like I'll do drop sixty one on you, and I'm, and I'm gonna rub it in your face, but at the same time I love you. That and then um, I feel like uh, my my second favorite moment is after he retired and um, he won an Oscar for the Dear Basketball video, which is, I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. I mean, I could watch that video a million times. Um, I feel like at, like people wondered once he retired, like would he struggle with retirement because he's like, you know, this larger than life athletic figure. And, you know, like what are you going to do once basketball ends because you love it and you put so much into it. Um, what are you going to do without that in your day-to-day life? And I feel like once he won that Oscar, like, I, I felt like, okay, like, Kobe's Kobe's going to be okay after basketball. And, like, I was really excited for what he was going to do, like, with his life after after the NBA and after the Lakers. And, like, the reason that's, like, one of my favorite moments is because, like, I just love seeing him get an Oscar. But that that video, like, the Dear Basketball, like, short mini movie, like, is so emotional. Like I just remember when they um when they first debuted it when he was giving the speech at Staples, and like my wife who doesn't even he just she doesn't even care about basketball, like it just started playing and she just like locked in for the whole time and she started crying and I was like why are you crying she's like I don't know that maybe you just want to go play basketball like that's when I knew like that was like a special moment like somebody who's not even a fan is like emotionally invested in something they're just seeing for the first time, so like those are my two favorite moments like of Kobe that I'll always remember. And those are interesting because those are like things that are kind of off the court stuff. So it shows you how he's evolved as a player and as, you know, as a person. Um, My favorite moment is on court and it's from April 12th, 2013. Uh, The Lakers end up, um, they're playing at home at the Staples Center against the Golden State Warriors when Kobe um, tears his left Achilles tendon. Oh, that was rough. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he turned around and asked the defender, like, did you kick me in the back of my foot? And when the guy said no, then Kobe kind of knew, all right, something, something's wrong there with my Achilles. But 
why that particular moment is my favorite because typical Kobe goes to the free throw line. All right, even though if he whether he knows or not, it's definitely torn. I don't know, but it's got to be hurting. Okay, he obviously can't put much weight on it. Goes to the free throw line because it's a close game. The team needs him. They need these points. He hits both free throws and then walks off the court on his own power, um, you know, for the last time that season until he would come back from surgery and rehab. And they end up winning the game, a game they needed to win. And that's that's Kobe in a nutshell right there. Um, just tough, just that, you know, hard work mentality, just all about basketball and winning. And that kind of sums it up. So, and I feel like that, that, that was a good moment you picked because I we didn't know it at the time, but that was kind of like the start of his decline. Like that injury kind of changed the way he played, and like we didn't realize at the time. But this is like the last time you're going to see like the like that Kobe that we're used to seeing, right? And but at the same time, it wasn't like he just went in the tank the way we remember MJ with the Wizards, you yeah. know. So it's amazing that he could come back from that sort of injury at that age and still play at you know a pretty decent standard level in the NBA. So um, that that part was amazing as well. Um, so JT, his impact not only on the NBA but the game of basketball. What what would you say his impact uh, was and or is or will be? Um, there's just so many things. Uh, I think if you're taking it from just like the basketball perspective, um, I just think that when all of these players, when you see them being like larger than life figures, like abroad, like especially in China, you got to think like Kobe started that like it was him and Stern like Kobe was the really the first guy that made it possible for a Stefan Marbury to go over there uh, to Asia and have essentially a, a better life than he did when he was an NBA star and like continue to do that. So now you see all these players like a Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, like they're going over there and like they're like prolonging like like their financial careers because there's because basketball is so loved in China. And it's because Kobe started that. So. Um, I think that's one of the like the impacts that he really had on the game, like obviously outside of the being an amazing player on the court. And if you think about it, like you brought up a good point, like he's like the first guy we saw from beginning to beginning to like the end of his career. Like I just remember him going to prom with Brandy, like, like that's in my mind. <laughs> yeah, but but like it, it, you're you're right, like he's the first like player that we saw like start as a high schooler, come to the NBA, like succeed, do it, and like I feel like his like his rise to stardom and like how like his game elevated. Like if you think about it, he probably was like the first like basketball player that really was like a social media star, even though it was early, like like Facebook started around the time where he was like a dominant player. Like IG was like kind of toward the end where he was still dominant. Um Twitter, like I think Twitter was like oh six, oh seven, like he still was a dominant player. And like even when like abroad, like in Asia, I know they started like their own social media thing around that time, like in the middle of that that 2004 to 2010 range where like Kobe was like Jordan. So like to me, like he's like the first like social media basketball, basketball star. And then the last impact, I think it has nothing to do with the NBA. I just think that he, you can tell he really cared about 
like who the next generation of just basketball players are going to be, whether they were male or female, like grown men, little kids, like he cared and he put in time into the camps and like he really cared about the, like the women's basketball game. Like he cared about the WNBA. Like he was always going to their games. Like he was always doing like coaching camps, like going to support the women's college basketball game, watching the games, going there live, like showing face and just showing support. So I think he'll just be remembered for having an impact on showing men how they can support the women's game while letting the women still, you know, be the face of that game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really good. And, and I think unfortunately now that he's no longer here, I, I, I think that you're right. Like I think he would have even continued to help the, the women's college uh, basketball game and the WNBA. And, and, and that's, that is unfortunate. Um, you know, that he won't be able to, to do that now. Um, I think the impact he has is, and this may seem like a slight, but it's not. I think he bridged the gap from MJ retiring to LeBron taking over the league. And, like, like no one else could because, like, it seems like, oh, well, he's just, a, you know, he's kind of sandwiched in the middle. And it's like, no, like, the league was worried, okay, what happens when MJ retires? Because Magic and Bird saved the league in the 80s. MJ took it global with David Stern. And now it's like, oh, my goodness, like he's going to retire. And we're losing guys like David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Elijah Wan's getting older. Like they were losing, you know, Clyde Drexler. Like they were losing all of those guys to retire. Like, like the next man up. Yeah. And it was like, who's coming in? You know, KG was super young. Duncan was a power forward, so he didn't have like that sexy appeal the way MJ did. And he just wasn't he just wasn't that guy that you could and, put in front of the cameras like, it, oh, this is the face of our league. Ex- exactly, exactly. And like you've got Shaq, but again, he's a center. And then you had AI, which, you know, like great. They, did, play. they, did, they didn't want him to be the face. Like he, exactly. he wasn't their like, pick. Yeah, he would not have been the guy that they would have wanted right after MJ. Um, even though AI's a great player. But like Kobe like just took over. And the Laker fans loved him. They and did. Peop- ownership. And pe- ownership loved him too. Yep. And people were loving him after the his rookie year with the right after the All-Star uh weekend. Cause like I said, he won the slam dunk contest. So it was like people around the world wanted to be like him and play like him after Jordan retired because it's just like anything. Like to some kids at five, six, seven, eight years old, they had never seen MJ. So they're seeing Kobe and they're trying to do what we did with MJ's dunk. Lower the hoop, let's dunk like MJ. Those kids were lowering the hoop to dunk like Kobe. So it was like, that's what I think he did. And this is a a fun fact, JT. He was supposed to be Jesus Shuttlesworth in He Got Game. And he, like last minute, like that was supposed to be his Space Jam, right? What MJ Space Jam was. I feel like he got game, like totally just made Ray Allen relevant (laughs) off the court. Like for those who didn't watch Ray Allen, because it's not like until he got to Boston, it's not like Ray Allen played for like these popular teams. But everybody, they still call him Jesus Shuttlesworth. Right. Because that movie is so iconic. Yeah. Everybody everybody wanted to be a recruit after that movie. Like that movie (laughs) just made it. Let's it, like, you know, I, I want to be I want to be a basketball star. I want to go to the NBA because I watched he got game classic. Um, 
And so he turned it down like right before production was supposed to start because he basically he was still so young that he just wanted to focus on basketball and what was going to make him a star and not all this stuff off the court and like just and that's that's so Kobe because yeah it, exactly that's, that's something he would do like I saw I saw this interview and I think they were up two oh I want to say it was like a Western Conference Finals and the guy the reporter asked him you know how do you guys how you feel about being up two oh he's like we're up two oh. What am I supposed to be happy about? Like, that's just how he is. Like, <laughs> yeah. until he gets the job done, like, there's nothing he's going to be satisfied about. Yeah. So what, JT, do you think – I know that's the impact he had on the game, but what do you think his legacy um, is going to be, either to the NBA or to, to basketball in general? Like, what's the legacy he's leaving as a basketball player? Um, I Well, first and foremost, I think his legacy is just going to be that – and you saw it um, – especially after he retired because we got to see it more. Um, one of his main legacies is, is that he's just going to be remembered as an amazing father. Like, he loved mm-hmm. his kids. Yeah. yeah. And you and you can tell that um, uh, Gianna was just – like, like when athletes have kids, like, there's always, like, one for sure that wants to do everything like like, <laughs> like, the, like the parent. And, like, you know, you can tell, like, Gianna was just like, look, like, I, like I, I'm into what you're into, Dad. Like, I want to do – I want to do everything exactly the way – you did it. Tell me how to do it. Whatever you tell me I got to do, I'm going to do. And, like, for Kobe to have that in a daughter, I felt like that just, like, that's what that's what just kind of, like, brought it out of him. And you can tell, like, like once she started playing basketball, like, every interview he went on, like, he just couldn't talk about her enough. And that, like, really, really brought joy to his life. I think more than any anything he accomplished on the court. So, like, he's going to be remembered as, like, an amazing father. But as far as like what he did for sports um two things that really stick out to me and like i i guess i this really didn't hit me until i just watched how many athletes not not in not even in basketball just weighed in on his life and i just think the fact that kind of what you said like him turning down a he got game or him just never being satisfied with winning and just keep wanting to work hard he is going to be that one guy even more so than jordan that he by example, just made every athlete work harder, no matter what. Like, no matter like if you're like if you're the most talented guy on the team, like he made it cool to be the hardest worker in the building as well. Like, even like if if you're if you're the most talented, take it to the next level. Like, lead by example. Like, no days off. Be there at three a.m. after the game. Put up shots. So like he made working hard cool. And I think that you hear that when other guys are like, you know what, like like I wanted to quit. But, like, you know, like, that's not what Kobe would do. So I just kept going and pushed a little bit harder because I knew I had the talent to do so. Or, like, you know, like, guys who played in the league are like, hey, you know, like, it's because I saw what you did. Like, I pushed a little bit harder. And, you know, I want you to share that message with, you know, my children or my family members because they need to learn your work ethic. So that's what he's going to be remembered for. And then also, too, um, he proved that you can win a title without a super team. And, like, he took pride in doing that. And I think – there's some guys that took that mantle, like a Dwayne Wade or a Dirk Nowitzki or like even um, Kawhi Leonard going to Toronto and winning one. Like guys took pride. Dame Lillard now are taking pride and wanted to write their own story and doing it their own way, and not having to you know join up with super teams to get it done. So I think that those are the two things that I think he'll be remembered for, in my opinion. Yeah, you stole a lot of my thunder there. I, I think his legacy for basketball is like I was saying to the generation. 
right after MJ. Like, I feel like we were the MJ generation, even though I was not an MJ fan. But, like, I think the generation right after us that was growing up didn't see MJ in his prime, saw Kobe in his prime. And, again, that's who they were emulating, right? That's the posters on the wall were of Kobe in the driveway, five seconds left. I'm Kobe trying to shoot the jumper for the game winner. Um, And that included LeBron James because even LeBron James admitted after he passed Kobe for third all-time in points scored in the NBA that Kobe was his guy, like the guy he looked up to, um, maybe even more so than Jordan. So, And then it goes back to what you were saying that his legacy is that if you work hard and you put in the time, no matter what your skill set is. Because like you said, he wasn't drafted number one overall like KG, like and he Dwight was, Howard. And he came out of high school. Like, right, like right. nobody expected but, him to be this great guy. But but even Dwight Howard and KG, they were taking number one overall, I believe, straight out of high school. Kobe was not. And so, you know, greatness, basically his legacy is that greatness involves hard work and dedication. And... Like, there's stories of him. Remember he got food poisoning uh, before a playoff game against the Sacramento Kings? Guess what? He didn't. He wasn't out and about that night drinking or eating at a fancy restaurant. He got food poisoning from the room service because he stayed in. He wasn't going out late. He stayed in, had a bad burger, and had food poisoning. And, like, while other guys were going out partying, he was working hard. First in the gym, last out. So I think he set the the work ethic for the for the generation that was going to follow him. That you can be great not just with your skills, um, but you know your work ethic. And then you you also said it. Um, I think he would have done great things uh, for women's basketball and young boys and girls all over the world because he was, you know, becoming the great ambassador to basketball. Like, for basketball, all over the world. Like, a lot of people see it as MJ, but I think Kobe was kind of taking that that from him because now MJ is so focused on the Hornets. So, um, but again, unfortunately, his, you know, time was, was cut short. So, JT, last thing. How, either how will you remember him or how do you think people in 30 years, 20 years will remember him? Uh, I just think they remember him as just like, quite frankly, the coldest man in the NBA, man. Like he, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like he, he, he was from all accounts of what I hear, like he was the the first guy to help you out off the court and, you know, we can be friends and I'll do anything I can to help you. But when you stepped on the hardwood, don't talk to me. Even if you're on my team, if you're not doing your job, don't talk to me, get out of the way. So just him just being the coldest dude in the NBA him having the ability to take over games and snatch people's will, I think that's what people are going to remember the most about him. And the fact that he was probably the hardest worker in sports, in my opinion, as far as the opinion of other athletes at that level, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, like everybody, that's the one thing you're going to see. Everybody's going to say, look, his work ethic is the one thing that like will never be matched by anybody ever again. Yep, I agree. I think it's that Mamba mentality. You know, that's that's what people are going to remember. And they'll remember that specific phrase because he came up with it. Um, and then the other thing, too, is just he may have loved the basketball 
more than anyone else. And listen, I know all the guys in the NBA love basketball. Michael Jordan loved basketball. But this is what I think differentiates him and MJ when we talk about the love of the game between him and anyone else. Already kind of hit upon it. When other guys were going out late at night, whether it was two nights before a game or the night before a game, he was staying in, right? He he would fall asleep with the basketball, he said, when he was young. His grandfather, when Kobe lived in Italy, his grandfather would, would record games on the VHS and send it to him and or on a VCR through the VHS tapes and send it to him in Italy, and Kobe would watch those highlights. And the thing that differentiates him the most, when you think of MJ, MJ loves golf, right? We see him on the on the links all the time. MJ kind of always says, well, baseball was my first love. That's why he went to play the minors. And when you see other guys doing different sports in, in basketball, but you know Kobe did one thing was always basketball. Everything he did was always basketball. I never saw a picture of him on the golf course. I never saw him trying to catch a football. I never saw him trying to hit a baseball or quit basketball to go play baseball because he just, he was in love with the game and the game loved him back and treated him really well. And I think at the end, that's what people remember. Like you said, that Mamba mentality and just his love of the game. If you can put all that passion into something, you can be great regardless you know, of the skill set that you've been given initially. So I think uh, at least that's how I'll kind of remember him. And I think down the line, along with the stats, that's how people will remember him. So, JT, any any last words about Kobe before we go? I know, um, it's, been a, I know it's been a tough episode, but it's, it's been a, a lot of fun looking back at what a great career, though, he has had. Because um, like you said, there's so many highlights. We never really sat down to think about it. Yeah. Um, I guess, well, first of all, thank you. I didn't even want to do this show where you brought it up as an idea to do. So uh, thanks for dragging me on to do it. But um, I guess uh, my just final thoughts are, you know, uh, prayers and thoughts uh, with not only just his family, but the other other uh, individuals that lost their lives in that crash, too. I know they don't get a lot of attention, but... You know, the hardest the hardest thing about, you know, obviously like losing to Kobe because we love sports so much is that, you know, not just him, but three other parents lost their lives at the same time as their children. So I I hope I don't ever have to experience what that feels like. But I can't I can't imagine like the pain their families are feeling in the aftermath, but also in that moment of, you know, you're supposed to protect your children. There's nothing you can do in that situation. So that's just probably what I've been struggling the most with. But um, just pr- thoughts and prayers to like everybody involved. Uh, the victims and the families and uh, and everybody's here for you. Yeah, I echo that sentiment. And, and it, it shows you what sports, how sports can have an impact. Is like we didn't know him personally and, and millions of people around the world didn't know him personally. But to see how people were, you know, uh, like grieving and mourning his loss and like how he touched them through sports and through basketball and and like. I always like saying this, you know, yeah, sports can seem trivial a lot of the times, but at the end of the day, I think a reason why I love sports so much is it really brings people together. You think about the Olympics, right? It brings people of all ethnicities, of all color, of all skill sets, 
you know, of all different regions together. And yeah, we compete maybe at times, you know, you don't like that person, but at the end of the day, then you realize like, wow, look what the, look what sports can do. It can really unite people probably more than anything else, more than movies, you know, more than uh, entertainment or music. So it really is a special thing. And I think that, you know, he helped facilitate basketball, but bringing people together in one way or another. And uh, I know you and I both appreciated what he did on the court. We enjoyed watching him and we're thankful to have gotten to see that greatness on the court um, and his greatness off of it was cut uh, a little, you know, was cut, was cut short. So we hoped um, the fans at home enjoyed this, um, you know, sad episode uh, reminiscing. But if you have a, a favorite highlighter moment of Kobe Bryant, shoot us an email um, and we'll, you know, try to get to it and, uh, you know, talk about it on air on our next episode our email jt and the dawn at gmail.com also you guys can dm us um on instagram uh at jt and the dawn that's right thank you jt and again thank you for listening and until the next episode jt see ya peace <laughs>